Hi, this is Brian Landau, and you're listening to The Drip, a podcast about how to caffeinate your campaigns. Today, I'm joined by Julia Wanaka. Julia is the head of communications at FAIR, a platform for independent retailers and brands. In this episode, we talk about the importance of data in telling the independent retailer story, leveraging authenticity and the hero's journey in brand storytelling, and best practices around effective internal communications by committee. Hi, Julia. Hello. Julia Wanaka is a PR and strategic communications expert with more than 10 years experience representing consumer tech brands across various business stages. She specializes in simplifying technical content into everyday context, turning prospective audiences into consumer advocates. Currently, she is head of communications at FAIR, an online marketplace for independent brands and retailers. Julia is based in San Francisco. Julia, thank you again for being with me. Yeah, my pleasure. So for those that aren't familiar, what is FAIR? FAIR is a marketplace for uh, retailers and brands. So it's a wholesale marketplace where retailers can discover their next best sellers that they would sell in their online or brick and mortar boutiques and a place where brands, uh, independent brands specifically, can come and grow their business. Part of FAIR's communication story has been that the retail apocalypse is upon us and FAIR represents the alternative. It's almost a like, let's just believe in each other type of communications tactic. What are the pillars of a communication and brand strategy like that? How have you used data in communicating this type of value proposition? You know, I think the first thing that I noticed when I started telling our story is that there was this foregone conclusion that wasn't really proven. There was this idea that because we saw bankruptcies and headlines that retail was over or that we were used to buying things online. So everything had been kind of subsumed by one player. And the reality was that there was a huge growing market that people just weren't paying attention to because it wasn't this uh, collective necessarily. So um, we saw independent bookstores rebounding significantly and you know year over year after borders closed and in a lot of people's minds that meant bookstores were over but really it was you know borders was over but there was actually a huge opportunity on the independent side so using data was the biggest um, asset that we had to kind of make people take a moment and reconsider what is it what does it look like if you're going to describe a retail apocalypse who's it for who's it impacting and so we've found just we believe as a company, we have this really strong belief in data in general and, and a huge investment in using it across all of our decisions. Um, and then in comms in particular, we find that we can really be an advocate for our space, for our customers and for our mission by seeking the truth. That's that's our internal motto around it and showing metrics that support what we're claiming. Um, I think this idea of, of believing in each other, this community aspect is the heart of, I think, local and the rise of of local shopping and i think especially in the last 18 months a lot of people have really come around that concept but there's a little bit more to it also there's really savvy small business owners that are really leaning into their own particular strengths and so so really focusing on their ability to to grow something unique um, and and then build a tool a tool suite for them a platform for them that enables them and empowers them to to pursue that that dream that they've started building. We think there's a lot of data to show that it's a pretty smart idea. Can you point to maybe a couple data points that in particular tell this story? Yeah, well, when I joined FAIR a couple years ago, we were not not even close to the size that we are today. And at that time, by door count, FAIR was already 
you know, had more stores on the platform than Starbucks and Walgreens combined. And none of us are worried about, you know, the availability or the doorways of those stores. We know that those are, are very common to find. And so by door count alone, independent retail is huge. There's, there's just independence in it. And so they're not reporting their numbers together. Um, I think it's in the US alone, there's a $1 trillion market in independent retail. And they've just been kind of working on on their own. And, and so collectively finding a way to bring that group together really paints a different story when you think about the future of retail. There's a little bit of a balancing act that FAIR has to strike because in many ways you might be considered a SaaS platform that provides enterprise-grade CRM analytics and, and other features, but you're you're an advocate for Main Street, right? And you're telling and preaching the story that, that there's power in the independent retailer. How are some of the ways that you do tell that story? Are there certain content formats and communications channels that have proven to be particularly successful for you? I think I had this experience at, at one point in my career where I was very clear to be like, I'm a B2C uh, comms person. I do B2C uh, stories and that's what I know. And then, you know, even when I would look at like B2B opportunities, I would think, well, that's not really for me. That's not what I do. I, I've come to a, a conclusion and this is my hot take. I'm excited to see if you get any hate mail for it. There's no such thing as the difference there. At the end of the day, you're communicating to individuals and individuals don't think of themselves as enterprises. Um, I think there is a level of jargon that you're allowed to lean into depending on what your business is. But I think the strategy or the way that you tell your story really has to kind of come back to that human to human element, that understanding of their their challenges, understanding of their aspirations, and being able to tap into that by putting together a cohesive picture of what you're selling and what you're presenting. Um, in our In our world, we're selling a different type of retail experience. We're telling a different type of shopping. Um, and hopefully we're selling really diverse communities and really special places to go shopping. Ultimately, we're, you know, entrepreneurship and independence. Our customers are largely small business owners, but really the difference between someone who's running an online shop or a shop in their hometown or five stores, maybe they have an airport store. There's, I'm thinking of a specific retailer that has locations in the city and they're also now representing their city in their airport. Those people still have pretty core convictions on an individual level that help them make their decisions. And I think as a storyteller on behalf of FAIR, my job is to stay really focused on, on that and telling our, our stories that way. I think you know, product feature benefit storytelling structures are important. You should understand the marketing. You should understand the pitch. I think when it comes to the comms side of things, the hero's journey is a little bit more compelling time over time. I don't think it's that much of a hot take. No, <laughs> good. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I think I think a lot of times we talk about LinkedIn in this podcast all the time because there's a lot of B2B conversation and that's a great channel for B2B marketing. But at the end of the day, like the person reading your promoted post or even an organic post is still a person. Exactly. That's who you're selling it, to. Your your CIO is a person. This is a person with their their own perspective on what their day-to-day -day should look like. They're, I just, I don't know anyone who's like, I mean, besides Jay-Z, you know, who said, I'm a businessman. I don't think anyone thinks they're an enterprise, a business. I appreciate that you just quoted Jay-Z. That's the, that <laughs> is actually a first in this podcast, but it, it, it makes me regret. Hopefully not a last. No, I hope, I hope not. <laughs>
How do you communicate with your retailers? You just mentioned a little bit the hero story, but what's the balance in providing them updates on new features and best practices and more of the inspiration-driven storytelling? Are there channels of communication that are particularly productive in reaching your existing retail partners? Yeah. Well, so looking back at this idea that they're very individualized business owners, they're, they're running very different businesses customized to their location, their goals. They also have like this full stack role. So they are so busy. They are marketer, HR, sourcer, buyer, you know, they have, and, and many times they have staff like that as well, but they are very, very busy, multifaceted, wearing all the hats. And so as a result, we have to really understand where we can add value and where we can reach them in a way that's meaningful to them. So, you know, their inbox is very busy. And so we're very thoughtful about how often we email them, how often we message them in platform. We all are experiencing this, you know, too many channels experience. We have lots of, of inputs and, and notifiers. So we've actually experienced on the brand and comm side, we've been um, testing different different ways to reach story or tell them stories that are inspiring, that are attractive, that are motivating and, and informative. We have done two seasons now of a podcast, which I think you could see why podcasts are valuable. <laughs> um, very, very uh, inception mode right now. But we have a podcast called Brick and Order, and we started it during COVID to bring inspirational stories, share learnings from retailer to retailer in a way that they could do that when they were packing orders, when they were maybe trying to figure out how they were going to move into other channels or how they were going to utilize their space during different periods of lockdown. And that has been a really cool method for us to explore telling stories. We also use our blog. They want to read if they're in their shop, you know, there's there's a lot of time where they're going to just have their computer up. And so making sure that there's like a, a read that brings them value, brings them a little bit of inspiration, and then they can kind of bookmark and come back to at their leisure. And then finally, Instagram is just really valuable in this space, specifically using stories and just making it really snackable. I think snackable content was the thing that everyone was talking about kind of circa 2010, um, but it's still it's still relevant today, making sure that there's a chance for them to come in, scan for what they need, get that nugget, know that they can come back for more, reach them, I think, with a lot of empathy. That's That's sort of like the main channel <laughs> is empathizing with your customer and understanding where, like if it's October and their store is slammed, we're probably not going to be uh, adding a lot of value if we're sending them tons of emails. But maybe Instagram is a really good place for them to come in and say like, oh, great, interesting, or I'm going to reshare that, or that's something I'm going to come back to tonight. So that's how, that's how we approach it. So FAIR is about 500 employees. Before a company hires for a dedicated internal communications lead, it's, a, it's by committee, right? A, a yeah. lot of times. Okay. <laughs> Are there some best practices that you've developed for internal comms by committee? My internal compass is often asking myself like, so what, now what, who cares? Those are the things that I go to. If I'm working on something, so what? Once I finish it, once it's done, like now what? And then like, who actually cares? And so I think a lot of times, especially in startups, when you start in this kind of cozy environment where you can look around the room and see everyone that's on your team, um, you're not thinking about it as an audience. But when you do start to get to a, a certain size, treating your employee base as an audience is really smart and understanding how, how certain communications are going to cause them to take action, how, they're gonna, how we want them to think or feel about something that comes through. So when it comes to like communicating internally and, and 
getting a message out to your team, just taking a moment and treating them like an audience that that you have goals for and asking yourself that question of how should they think about this? What do I want them to feel when they're done? And is there something I need them to do? Um, I think your communication strategy becomes something that people can kind of wrap their brain around. People are responsive. You don't just send messages into the void um, and and people kind of start to anticipate a certain style. And I think that that's uh, really important to just start to build those bones in if you're not quite ready to make that higher. Um, put that together so that that people can have that clarity of communication in your company and that you're not constantly just like rattling you know slack <laughs> are there some north star metrics that you that you've identified for internal communications and and can any of your learnings from internal comms be applied to how you might message external stakeholders for example i do really appreciate how fair handles things we survey our teams quite often um so our again going back to that like seek the truth that data-based decision making we ask people to take action and share their feedback we try to create a really safe and effective way for them to provide feedback and have two-way conversations and you know you can tell when people are not participating in a survey you can kind of get a good sense um i think with internal comms finding a couple of things like that 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 help maintain a basis of truth is important but there's also this um, connective tissue piece you can tell when there's communication breakdowns if you're starting to see kind of the same issues crop up or you're running into the same um, roadblocks and so I, I think there's there's like an arts and science piece too internal comms coming back to that structure those questions I asked myself with internal comms of how do people think do or feel um, after they hear communication from us I try to apply that to all of our audiences I think going back to all of our audiences are made of people. And so there is that question, the story is meant to, to do something, to imprint something. There's a, there's a give and take and a call and response, if you will, and, and having a sense of what that will look like with your customers and having that empathy as a channel is, um, is really valuable, I think. I'm joined today by Julia Wanaka of FAIR. Thank you so much for all your time and your wisdom. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you.